In today's message, we're going to continue talking about this passage in the Bible uh, found in 1 Corinthians 13. So again, if you haven't read that yet, go check it out. And there's a part right towards the middle where uh, the writer says essentially, love bears all things, which means that uh, love is somehow connected to maybe forgiveness or reconciliation in some way. And uh, that is a that is a really hard thing to unravel. But in the message today, one of our pastors, Justin LaRosa, is going to unravel that for us a little bit and talk about how love really keeps no record of wrongs. He's going to actually use an illustration of a checkbook, which is something that some of you watching this may have never had to use. I certainly have never had to use one. Uh, but, you know, a checkbook, you keep a record of all the things that you've uh, bought and how you've spent your money. And sometimes when we think about our relationships, we probably have a record of rights and wrongs, and we probably have a scoreboard that we keep. Justin's going to unpack that for us a little bit and give us some practical ways to stop keeping score when it comes to love. Check it out. Today's message is entitled, Overcoming Hurt Through Forgiveness. Let's pray. Oh, Holy One, thank you for your grace. Many of us struggle to forgive as you have forgiven us. And at times we don't grant it to those we think aren't deserving, especially when they hurt us. We also sometimes fail to forgive ourselves. So speak to us today. Open our hearts and our ears and our eyes to the possibility of forgiving like you do. Give us willingness. Help us decide. And may my words not get in the way. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Each of you must overcome harm sometime in your life, be it physical, emotional, or spiritual, because it's inevitable harm, that is. We aren't able to totally avoid it, and you've likely already experienced doses of it throughout your lives. Most of us have been hurt by a loved one, spouse, a significant other, friend, coworker, group, friend, mentor, or even stranger. Cutting words, relationship challenges, sometimes that are toxic, betrayal, abuse in every form, gossip, spiteful of revenge, all of these negatively impact long after they happen. And the closer the person is to us, the deeper the wound. Now, I know that some of you have fresh hurt in your life, stuff going on right now. Others have wounds from long ago, but they're still impacting your life. You're still figuring out a way through them. And if you can't think of a harm, you're very fortunate because someday it's likely that a person will intentionally or unintentionally hurt you or somebody you love dearly. And you'll have to discover a way through. Now, back in Jesus's time, the Hebrew people understood how to deal with harm. They followed Jewish law. And in Leviticus, it proclaims this. Anyone who kills a human being shall be put to death. And anyone who maims another shall suffer the same injury in return. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, the injury inflicted is the injury to be suffered. Revenge is a common method in our day still to deal with and overcome harm. We see it in politics, in the workplace, and maybe even our families, and heck, even in churches and in denominations. Revenge, though, is not the way of Jesus. His way is love and specifically forgiveness. Now, I recognize that statement can sound mm, 
like a platitude, especially when a person or group is woefully unrepentant and has caused major damage to loved ones or to us. Just love and forgive almost sounds empty and weak, but conversely, I wanna, I wanna say to you that it's, it's fierce to do this. In the famous words of the Mandalorian, this is the way. It's the way for Christians. Or if you don't even know who that is, maybe Martin Luther King's words. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is the devoid of the power of love. I'd like for you to close your eyes just for a moment and take a deep breath. Who is the person who you have withheld forgiveness from because they hurt you or your family? Picture their face. Or maybe it's not somebody who has hurt you really badly, but maybe it's just somebody hard for you to offer grace to because you believe for whatever reason they don't deserve it. Can you see them? Keep them in your thoughts as we continue. There's a few important things I'd like for you to remember before we kind of dive into the scripture. First of all, forgiveness is tough. If it's tough for you, you aren't alone. It doesn't come naturally to most of us. And while restoration of relationship is like the ideal and the goal, it doesn't always mean that in our lives. It just doesn't. It doesn't. Reconciliation with the offender sometimes is not healthy. It's unwise and, you know, even could be dangerous. So we don't always end up holding hands and singing kumbaya because forgiveness doesn't result always in that warm and fuzzy. Additionally, people don't forgive themselves because of harm that they've caused or for other reasons. But here's the thing, and I want to say this as strongly as as I can to you if you're one of those people. Withholding forgiveness towards yourself is just a very clever way for pride to kind of hide itself. If God forgives you, who are you not to forgive you? And lastly, if you've ever been deeply harmed, you, should not to, you shouldn't attempt to heal alone. There are good therapists, spiritual directors, 12-step sponsors, pastors, and good companions for this demanding journey of forgiveness and healing. So with all of these things in mind, let's go to Paul's letter on love. And we've been looking at it for some weeks now. And today we'll focus on just a tiny part of verse 5 and verses 6 and 7. Love keeps no records of wrongs. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. So some powerful words. You know, I was rumbling rummaging around my, my house this week, and I brought an artifact to share with you today to aid us in the journey. And this one is from the year 2000. And kids and teens, if, if you're watching here, I, it's possible you've never seen one of these. Or if you have, it's been a very long time. And so here it is. It, this is a checkbook with a paper register from the front on the top. It's, it's pretty, 
it's pretty pretty interesting. Now it, now looking at it, I think it's from like 2001. So which means probably even later than that. And this this was a very important tool. And if you need one, you can get a 12-pack on Amazon for seven bucks. But in the old days, you would record all your financial transactions on this paper. You can kind of see what I've done. Carefully making uh, additions when you put in credits and writing down when you wrote checks and debits. It was a tool for monitoring both credits and debits. Paul proclaims that love doesn't keep one of these. Forgiveness requires that we relinquish the negative transactions that we've written down and that we hold over all those who have harmed us and, and maybe even ourselves. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, I, I'm reluctant. And you'd be too, Justin, if I showed you my paper register of the wrongs I've experienced or done. And you know, over the last 20 years during my time, as a, a therapist and a minister and 12-step sponsor, many people have been terribly harmed and shared that with me. And, and some understandably declared, I, I just can't forgive. I, I won't forgive. You know, but here's the thing. Forgiveness isn't only withheld when somebody has big harms and terrible harms. We can do it in our relationships too. How many of you have a little ledger in your mind of the things that you're doing for your spouse or your kids or your significant other or coworker, and then you have another list that has the things that they aren't doing? You know, ledgers and balance sheets, when we keep them in our mind and our lives and our relationships, they eventually whittle away at love. You know, I was one of those people who was part incapable, perhaps, and, and very unwilling to forgive both others and myself. Anger and hatred consume me. I thought that forgiveness just seemed unfair, like it was like a lack of justice, like I was given in or co-signing if I forgave somebody to their bad behavior. And I was surrendering what little power I felt I had, and I wanted to hold on to it. Yet, the what was weird is I also kind of expected compassion and leniency from others for the things that I've done wrong. You know, Mother Teresa says it strongly and beautifully. She says, if we really want to love, we need to learn how to forgive. So I've got some really, really good news and, and some perhaps bad news. And so I'll give you the bad news first. Is if you're a committed follower of Jesus, or you want to be, you've got to find a way to forgive. And Matthew, Jesus says it very strongly. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Yikes. Jesus is pretty clear about offering forgiveness. But here's the good news. And I truly believe it is really, really good news. You don't have to forgive because God in you can. If you believe that Jesus has forgiven you and that the Holy Spirit resides within you, God can begin that work in you. The love that doesn't keep 
a record of wrongs is fierce and powerful and available and found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You just have to start. So you've likely heard uh, this parable, or maybe some of you have. It's the parable of the three frogs. Three frogs sit on a log, and two of them sit, decide they are going to jump. How many are left on the log? The answer is three. The frogs just decided that they were going to jump. We can decide today that we are going to forgive, which is the first step in the journey. And you don't have to feel like forgiving. You don't have to know how it's ultimately going to turn out to decide. You can decide to allow God to begin that work in you today. And if you still feel very unwilling, you might say a prayer, something like this, God, I really don't want to forgive this person. I feel hatred, moral superiority, deep anger, and maybe even apathetic or indifference towards them. I need you to help me. I acknowledge my lack of desire and my unwillingness. Change it, enter it, and show me the way. Now, once you decide you can't sit on that log forever, action must eventually follow. Because in order to make God's love real, which is our mission statement, right, we have to do some acting to take the thoughts and the beliefs uh, that we have about God and Bible and Jesus and the life and make them real out here. It's not just a head game. We have to learn how to practice forgiveness. So here's some ways from, from the scripture. Super simple, um, not easy. First, review the ledger, grieve the ledger, and to surrender the ledger. Review, grieve, and surrender. First review. I want you to think of that person that you pictured earlier and the things that they did and the impact they had. Verse A says this, Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. You see, what happened must be looked at squarely and acknowledged. It happened, and it had costs and consequences. Can't be ignored. So we look at them squarely so that that can proceed, that can proceed and allow us to grieve. We must grieve the ledger. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Jesus bore the weight and the wrongs of the whole world on the cross and, and our sins too. Our, the way that we separate ourselves from God and neighbor and the way ourselves. Jesus took that on the cross and God raised that up. And with God's love, you can move through whatever hurt or pain or addiction, or scourge, or whatever it is that you have going on, because Jesus understands. He understands the weight of your hurt and wants to assist you as you bear it. What I came to realize as I was working towards forgiveness is that God had never abandoned me. I was never alone, and neither were you, and neither are you. You weren't then, and you aren't now. Jesus is present. And lastly, surrender this register. As you travel this journey, accurately looking at what is the truth and have the opportunity to heal and grieve from it, 
you can surrender it and let it go. Giving it to God and letting God do the work. But here's what happens if you don't. Your wounds will fester. Your relationships will deteriorate, including your relationship with God and yourself. You know, I got, a, I, I got a great email today from a church member. I posted something on social media and they responded by emailing me. And what he, what he noticed is there seems to be kind of like three maturity levels with regard to motivation for forgiveness. And uh, he, said, he, he shared them in, in ascending uh, order, which I'll share with you. First, he said, I forgive because forgiveness helps me. He says, that seems kind of like the, the cultural important effect. You got to forgive so, you, so it helps you only. It sets you free. That's important for sure. The second he shared was, I forgive because I am commanded to. So I choose to obey Jesus. We heard there are tons of scripture passages about forgiveness. And then this last one, which I thought was, was beautiful and true. He said, I choose to forgive because I see Jesus Christ in you. And I'm acutely aware of my own separateness, my own brokenness, my own sin. Jesus has forgiven me and my love for Christ within you compels me to forgive you. Review, grieve, and surrender. Overcoming harm requires us to gaze at others with the eyes of love, with the eyes of Jesus, so that we can love and keep no record of the wrongs. The love of God in Jesus Christ that lives in you can make you see. May it be so. Let us pray. God of light and of love and of rigorous, fierce forgiveness, enter into our hearts and show us the way. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. I hope you enjoyed this message. I hope it gave you something practical to think about in your own relationships with the people that you love and care about and how maybe you can be uh, less scorekeeper-ish with them and with that relationship. Hey, if you want to take some next steps, uh, we have some links below. We also have some reflection questions that you can ask uh, your friends or yourself or join a small group and ask them in a small group. If you want to get in a small group or connect more with our community, you can do that at hydeparkumc.org slash next steps. I'm Matt Hotho, and we'll see you next time.